It's Two Jerks, One Vote, Jerkatorium's Song Fight Review Podcast, and we're back with a quick run through the My Favorite Monster Song Fight, followed by our reviews of the Walk Steady songs. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair, but you're not obliged to care. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. And yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose When this song fight is done And your band's won And by your band's won I don't mean your band's won With bands being a contraction of band has And won meaning the past tense of win Those are just tricky homonyms What I'm really trying to say is that You're one of the losers Do we want to say any like introductory notes or anything? Yeah, um, so sorry we missed the last fight. I had some family emergencies I had to attend to, and uh, even beyond that, I've just been lazy. So some of that's on me. And we should apologize to the person we had lined up for that. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. And, um, Mystery person. Sorry. And we don't have anybody lined up for this one because it was it's on very, very, very short notice. Yeah. So we got a lot of our shit together at the very last minute. Just a few hours ago, I said, hey, you want to do... Uh, podcast recording today and, and we're so that's what we're doing it otherwise all of you out there just pining to be on this podcast we would have invited you right all right so let's see we're going to start off with a sprint through the my favorite monster song fight which we inadvertently and you know skipped a week ago and one of the neat things about my favorite monster is that it was a title suggested by Fluffy on the title suggestions thread of the Songfight bulletin board. And I mean, people were joking about that thread itself as like a good way to put something up that you don't want to ever be a title because it's so rare. But I was looking into it and it's not so rare. So if you want to flood that thing with titles, there's probably a better chance than anything else of having that come up to eventually at some point or another in the future be a title. Yeah. So far, titles that have been in that thread that have gotten onto Songfight are The Joke and Dot, Dot, Dot and High School Safety Pin Parade. Oh, my God. Like my favorite title ever, practically. Yeah. And then one called uh, Monkeys on My Back, which I think is out of chronological order in this list. But then uh, also My Favorite Monster. And those are just the ones that I could find that I knew, you know, off the top of my head. So there might even be more. So, you know, five out of however many dozens uh, were put up there is, you know, not a bad percentage when it comes right down to it. Yeah, it's good to know that Deep Throat trolls that list from time to time. And if he likes something, he'll use it. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know, big props to the cover art. For my favorite monster, I thought it was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, okay. that, guy, that guy can really draw, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a joke, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, cross hatching. It makes everything look good. All right, again, with, we're just going to sprint through the my favorite monster reviews, and then afterwards we'll go through the walk steady reviews at a more leisurely pace. All right, I've got my track shoes on. Let's do this. And uh, just to let you know, at some point, Mike's going to drop off because he didn't do all of his homework. He did most of his homework for that week ago. But uh, but, you know, reality intervened. But anyhow, yeah. So at some point, I'll just be doing the, the last uh, four or five bands. All right. Berkeley Social Scene. She's 
Gang vocals, yes, gang vocals are great, like on pills and on vampires. Over-the-top energy, dig it. I really love whoever's singing harmony on the I hate you even though you're beautiful line because they're really going for it. I like the energy. I dug this song. Enthusiastic thumbs up. The melodica is shrill. Turn it down. Go. Very nerf herder, uh, which is a good thing. Lots of gang backing vocals, and I was wondering if that was a response to Vom's comments on the Doom with a View podcast. Not fond of the melodica, but I've never been fond of that instrument. You know, I hated the Hooters back in the 80s, too. Good melodic guitar solo in 7-8 time, and uh, it's fun rock pop and well worth a vote. Cool. Cybronica. There's something about the vocal melody and the rhythm that makes it medieval or early music vibe, and Cybronica can sing, she's got the vocal gymnastics required, but I think a lot of people are going to struggle with that sort of early music sort of vibe it has. Let's see, I like the ending the best where the two parts diverge on the My Favorite Monster is I line. She's great with harmony, and I like that part. I wrote down bad mixing and weird choices. More drums, more rhythm might have helped this song. I know the bass does a little bit of that, and there's some instrumental movement elsewhere, especially in the bridge, but much of this sounds like someone playing through a list of chords on a fizzy synth. Great vocal work. Wonderful lyrics written very, very well and very carefully. The rhyme scheme is like A, B, B, A, C, C for the verse, and then it moves to A, B, B, C, D, D for the chorus. You know, tons of alliteration throughout new uh, sort of non-repeating lyrics through all three choruses and these these lyrics are masterfully created and really fantastic i uh, can't remember if i voted for it i probably did right uh like two whole minutes go by before we get any variance in the sound which is kind of a bummer yeah all right glenny song about the cookie monster yes song sounds great Glenny's production is good. The intro is especially good. I like the percussion. I like how the bottom half of the percussion is bandpassed, which sounds pretty good. And then a bassier percussion comes in on top, which is a cool effect. I like the lyrics. I like the fun wordplay. He's got the line, refuses to refuse, which I think is cool. Two guitar solos, yeah. The contours of the verse melodies are just uninteresting and not super catchy. And yeah, I've listened a handful of times and I don't think I could reproduce the melody. That's how uninteresting it was. Wow, okay. Acoustic instrumentation mixed with heavy 80s synths. Is this all Glenny's voice? The verses sound great, uh, really effective when the distorted guitar kind of punches in during the second half of the second verse. And I know that kind of builds up in the first verse too, but, but still, it just really hit me in the second. The drums sound a little odd, maybe a little affected, like maybe different reverb than the rest of the song. I'm guessing they're fake, maybe, question mark. Uh, if not, then that drummer is just amazing. Great guitar work, uh, great guitar solo. Uh, the stuff reminds me of Yes, like Trevor Rabin doing a great Steve Howe homage. It's put together really well. It seems like he put tons of time and care into this song. Cool. Heine. My favorite monster is very, very small. I thought the song was interesting in the way it was split up into three separate voices. The first being like this evil sounding hard rock spoken word bit about his favorite monster, which nightly invades some of the dreams of his victims. And then it turns into a guitar solo and then you launch into the second bit 
which is the longest and has this angsty acoustic guitar stuff. I guess I'm just describing the song at this point. But I, I like the song. I appreciate the experimental, non-standard form that it takes. But it's like five minutes long, and the middle section could have been edited down a lot. Come on, give us three and a half minutes. Also, there's a bunch of clicky, high-pitched, super-fast hi-hats. Uh, that change in tempo in weird ways that are super distracting. And there's some more timing issues in the song. Interesting idea, just weird execution. How dare you try and curtail the length of this song? How dare you, man? No, Easily. Yeah, okay. Uh, this reminds me so much of Boris the Spider. You know that song by the Who? Boris the Spider. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, that, that's the bassist John Entwistle wrote and sang the song. The two parts of the song sound unrelated in tone, and I think the transitions were not done very artfully and not done very carefully, but I love the song's ambition and the weirdness. It's neat to have a three-part thematic, dramatic concept piece in a song fight. It's uh, like a snippet of 2112 or Hemispheres, just maybe not the most engaging snippets. Uh, so I like that it's weird. I like that it's ambitious. It's performed very well. The guy really has a good singing voice and a uh, great character in delivery. Right on. Like and throat. She's the head of the red light band, the baddest outfit in this land. Right off the bat, I noticed that his rhythm and phrasing is better. During the verses, he's locked into the rhythm and the lyrics all fit within the rhythm he's established, and that's great. I really like the bridge where everything drops out except this haunting bowed cello and bass and like and throat's voice. Vocal timing gets a bit looser here and would have been good to have like a beat in his headphones, I think, when he was doing it to keep him on beat. I don't think the looseness is too bad here. It is my favorite part of the song. I, I mean, I, I go for that bowed cello sound. It's great. So there's still a lot for him to work on melodically, but he's made strides in timing and phrasing. And for that, he gets my thumbs up. This is something you usually do, Jumpy, but this time I went down the rabbit hole. First about the song, though, doubled vocal line sounds very interesting, and it's really tight until it gets to the bridge, and then it kind of gets a little off, but then the last verse is very, very tight again. Now, I did a little research. Uh, the lyrics apparently refer to an RPG video game called Path of Exile, maybe, uh, and the Red Blade Band. At first, I thought it was a league within the game, but then when I looked into it further, maybe it's actually just an item, like a ring or a bracelet or an armband or something. Then to double check, I googled Green-Eyed Owl Pub or Tavern and couldn't find any link to Path of Exile or anything else. And there was a Red Blade clan of orcs in Warcraft. Maybe that's what this is oh about. Oh my god, you're sure. rabbit-holing, dude. Pull up. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of looked like a player-generated guild instead of a Blizzard thing. I just don't know enough about video games. But anyway, the song is probably best interpreted as a standalone fantasy scenario. And as such, it, it reads like exposition instead of action, you know, instead of lore. And that's fine enough. It has some longing and intrigue in it. But all in all, it's Lycanthrope. You know, he's his own thing. You can't really compare him to other music. I'd like to know what sort of music he listens to and what bands, if any, he'd like to sound like or what combination of bands he'd like to sound like. So anyhow, yeah. Okay, cool. Miscellaneous Owl. Uh, oh my god, we've complained a lot in podcasts about songs ending abruptly or have botched endings. This song has an abrupt start, no intro, just blam, everything kicks in at once. And that I'm was my even, first note, too. I'm not even yeah. sure it starts on a downbeat. Yeah, it just, like, I think they clipped the beginning somehow. Yeah. yeah. It, 
Okay, yeah. that's it. That's that's as far as I got. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I had that exact same note to begin with, and then the bass line sounds like it's playing a harmony of a bass line instead of the song's actual bass line. I, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but I thought the bass line was a little bit of a strange choice. Uh, I like that guitar, bass, drums, organ bulk of the song more than I like the synth intro. It's a great chorus. I love that uh, video for Gentle Brontosaurus' song, Wicker Park. I highly recommend it. And this submission reminds me a bit of that in a good way. The lyrics are fascinating, but I'm reluctant to comment on them because I might be misunderstanding or misinterpreting them. But yeah, just uh, magnetic lyrics. Okay, so uh, now I just go ahead? Yep, go. Okay, Paco Del Stinko. My little monster. Lots of extra rhymes in those lyrics, and I really like that. Melodramatic, theatrical, really well done, really well produced. It's like uh, Sweeney Todd meets Black Sabbath. Last podcast, I mentioned my rule with lyrics, where it's best to relate the song to the listener instead of the narrator. This song is all eyes and me's, but I don't mind it for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Uh, Maybe it's the delivery. Maybe it's the -the over-the-top, possibly tongue-in-cheek tone. I'm not sure. Pig Farmer Jr., This song does that thing where most of the melody, especially the chorus melody, just follows the chord progression line. And that is a bit of a pet peeve with me. But this song, though, is well-produced and well-performed, but the lyrics are another man-as-victim screed. And I don't know why, but I don't trust Pig Farmer Jr.'s narrators. When his narrators report things, like his friends call him a Nazi, and that he can't see his daughter without CPS supervision, again, his narrator, not Pig Farmer Jr. specifically, or that his ex-girlfriend thinks he's evil, I hear that and I don't automatically sympathize with his narrators. Instead, I think, you know, examine your life, stop being a Nazi, face the consequences of abusing your family, and stop being terrible to your ex-girlfriends or your girlfriends. Sometimes these narrators he creates sound like MRA idiot nonsense memes, and I don't buy any of it, and it rubs me the wrong way. So uh, so yeah, this is not one of the ones that, that I liked. Pepper Jane and Caravan Ray. Who wants to be my friend? It's getting kind of lonely at the end. I think Pepper Jane could submit London Bridge is Falling Down and I'd vote for it. You know, this composition is not amazing, but the vocal performance is just so wonderful. You know, the the performance is this entire song. The lyrics are fine, but Pepper Jane is the draw. She could sing the ingredients list off a soup can and it'd be amazing. I'm going to pronounce this wrong again. Rev and Ujin. My favorite monster is blue and excitable. My favorite monster is a tad untidy. My favorite monster has a lazy eye. 26 second song, it's charming, it's too short, and that's lazy. Just some quick references, and then it's done. No development, and I can't help but like the song anyway, though. Third Cat. My favorite monster threw you to the ground. We followed him too far. This song is good, it's understated, and I think I would have preferred some bombast. Goddamn, they're quick fade-outs, though. You know, I don't know what the deal is with that. Half of the fade-out is slow, and then it races down to nothing at the last half beat. I'm sure they're just fucking with me at this point, but I love these guys anyway. That instrumental guitar stuff is really, really good, really, really nice. Ujin and Rev. It 
It's a short song. The vocal melody follows the chord progression. I know that's usually a pet peeve of mine, but the over-the-top theatricality of this song mitigates that a bit. I think the instrumental music throughout is fun and interesting, but I'm going to call this one lazy too. This could have been lengthened into a real song length, and I think their failure to do so is disappointing. I like what I heard, but it's just not enough. Uh, they should have put some effort into fleshing this one out some more. Okay, Von Borton. Two heads, eight feet. My favorite mouse is always ready to eat. And isn't afraid to show This is a fun, happy song. I was expecting Peter Schilling from that first couple of measures, but then it veered way away from that. Some of the song is very much on the quarter note beats, and those are not my favorite parts of the song. But I'm sure this song is about his cats, Rafa and Agnes. And um, I don't know, man. I've been listening to Von Vorten's albums, uh, Luft Frisker and The Hundreds of Zeros, a lot lately. So it's hard for me to be objective. Those albums are awesome. This song is great. So, yeah, I like it a lot. And I think that's it. All right. Cool. Okay. So that was my favorite monster. And now we're just going to do a more leisurely and more interactive jaunt through Walk Steady. Sounds good. Let's start off with Berkeley social scene. Birth and death have yet to meet. Tired flames, embers neath my feet. Dreams alive with hearts and halos. While I wake up to sulfur and volcanoes. The voices tell me what I already know. I try not to listen, but still they flow. A silver. So these guys have upped their production game since Lunkhead's taken over. He has like the engineering and the singing duties now. You gotta love 100% on key vocals. <laughs> <laughs> this just sounds great. Like it's, it's you know, lush and there are a lot of little details in this song that caught my attention. Uh, did you hear that guitar on the left ear? Did that catch your notice? I listened to the songs again today, but I listened to them on speakers instead of the headphones. Ah, so. yeah. I didn't note anything about the panning in my notes from the last time. One of the guitars like gently swells into the first verse and then gets all the way to full volume on the chorus, which is a cool effect. That guitar just has this squealing, like right almost on the edge of feedback sort of sound to it that I really like. And on its way into the third verse, who's ever playing it at the end of the bridge is just hammering on the whammy bar to get that last note to really keep sustaining and kind of almost feeding back. Just really going for it on the whammy bar. It just sounds freaking cool. That's what I noticed about this. I don't know if I noticed the same thing. I, I just noticed this really great crunch and feedback leading into the chorus. Yeah. Are we talking about the same I thing? I think or? we're talking about the same thing. Okay. It's the left pan guitar since I had headphones on, but yeah, it's cool. Gotcha. It was the middle pan uh, speaker. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought the song was good. It was melodic. There was a great incorporation of the title into the chorus lyrics. Great guitar work. Again, that feedback and the crunch leading into the chorus, just wonderful. Lovely bridge. And I like that electric piano bass. I thought that was a, that was a neat choice. It's all good. Uh, great crafting. I like the entire chord progression, the song structure, everything. Yeah. These guys are uh, on a roll lately, and they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Glenny.
Prog Rock, yeah. Uh, I have a mixed relationship with prog rock. Sometimes I can vibe with it, and sometimes I can't, because I think it sounds kind of pretentious or overblown. And there's a lot going on here. There's like bloops and bleeps, and what sounds to me like synth bird songs. Yeah. You know, layered guitars and vocals. And like Glennie does this great sort of like synth solo where yeah. he's just rocking on the mod wheel and it just, it sounds fucking cool. I like this and I don't usually go for this sort of thing, but but I, I give this thumbs up because there, there was just a lot for my ears to pick up on. I listened to this like four or five times and I liked it every time, so. Yeah, I feel like we made some of the same notes for this one too. I thought it was a good solid song. It's very Glennie. I like the bloops and the bleeps and the synth solo too. I like that grind that he puts into his voice, and I like the guitar riffs. It sounds like he's going for a, a Steve Howe style, and it's it's really good. Steve Howe was one of the initial guitarists for the band Yes. Oh yeah, and he's proggy. got a very kind of a distinctive proggy kind of sound. He defined maybe the proggy <laughs> sound. Cool. I'm glad I'm not the only one who got a prog rock vibe from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you want to move on to Heine? Yeah. And you just can't see right from wrong. You've had your plans, they all seem to fulfill. Now empty hands and only time to kill. Walk steady. The best thing I thought about this song is the melody of the chorus, which I thought was pretty solid. I didn't like the verses as much, and there are some kind of timing issues here and there. But what really, I think, sinks this song for me is the triteness of the lyrics and just the sheer number of single-syllable exact rhymes. And, you know, I should cut Highness some slack for not being a native English speaker, but some of those, you know, the sad, bad rhyme in the chorus kind of sticks in your ears a little bit. The sort of criticism that you wouldn't point at Jerkatorium. No, no. <laughs> Multi-syllable rhymes, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't fact check that, anybody. <laughs> yeah, I actually, my, my notes seem like a rebuke of yours. My first note that I wrote was that uh, it seems cynical to dislike this song. Uh, it's a good song, I thought, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. The The vocal harmonies are really good. The acoustic and electric guitars sound sweet. And uh, there's some great ideas in the vocal melody. You know, I'm not going to say for sure that I absolutely love the song, but... but chorus I, I is thought, good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The melody was good. That's worth the price of admission right there. You didn't like it, though. There was something that you didn't like about it. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. Maybe I didn't love it. It's not that I don't like it. I'm just not in like with it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, that, that seems so, I don't know. It's, it, it, okay, it's, it's one of those things that I would definitely have voted for it if I was voting for more than three this round. But uh, Oh I, my I, God, I am voting for three this round. I already voted, so it's like I, you know, I, I wasn't gonna let you sway me. This time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that wasn't the reason. I, I haven't voted yet, so you can still sway me. Okay, I'm gonna do it, man. All right, let's talk about liking through. Hear them talk behind your back, and though you are no prude, it's getting hard not to attack these dumbass foulmouth dudes. Walk 
You know, I just talked about Lycanthrope's last song, and I just praised him for having good phrasing and rhythmics. So yeah, this this one was a little bit of a step backwards, I thought. What I really didn't like about it is the dynamics were all just set to 11, so everything was just kind of really loud, and that MIDI that I sometimes find okay was just sort of intolerable this time, and I'm not sure why. It was just sort of plotting and not good musically. There was one bright spot, I thought, in this song, which I think Lycanthrope said, you know, this is a flop and he's just going to try to do better next time. He didn't like this song on the boards, but one thing I heard was that I thought his singing had more confidence than I'd heard before. He's hitting some of these higher notes that I didn't think he had in him. Like there's this line, dumbass, foul-mouthed dudes and books you schlepped, and his voice is like higher than I remember, or I, I didn't think he could get that high. And also, he's like less inhibited, I feel like, and that, you know, more feeling is coming out of his voice. So while he might think this is a flop, you know, it's, it sounds like he's stretching his singing voice out a little bit, and it's not all like really in his lowest register and kind of monotone. There's more variance and more confidence, which yeah. I think is good. I thought there was something weird going on either with time signatures or with whatever the background was. And I was trying to count it out. I was trying to figure out what the hell it was, and I could not. After going through it a couple of times, it was just not worth it. Either he's doing something weird with time. It, it almost doesn't sound like a time signature. It sounds like a, like a record skip in the middle of this sort of non-rhythmic backing music. I don't know what the hell was going on. But yeah, if, if you'd told me that uh, the beat signature was, you know, 31, 32 or something, I'd say, <laughs> okay, that, that, that scans. Because it, it just didn't sync with me on, on kind of any level. And if I find out what it is and that it's something truly wild, then that's great. But I'd be more impressed if it somehow resulted in a better song. Instead, it just sounds off. So I'm, I'm kind of like off this train with this song. I'm not, I'm, I'm not on the like and throw it train this time around. I'm out. You know, I'm not on board. I love the lyrics, though. Awesome lyrics. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. just really, really, really good. But, but yeah, but this song didn't do it for me. All right, let's move on to Miscellaneous Owl. If I walk steady down that road and keep my face turned down If I pull my silence round my neck and keep my eyes on the ground Maybe I can pass right through the words and stick like birds onto me Maybe I can be as light as air So we have come to my favorite song of the fight. Oh, good, good. There are many reasons for me to love this song, and starting with those delicate vocal harmonies, they're so good, and they're so intimate. It's like it's the sort of vocals that I associate with Elliot Smith or Nick Drake. You know, they, they make the hair on my arms stand up a little bit. These, these were that kind of vocals. They were really good. I also yeah. love the lo-fi reverby, but clean and oh-so-warm electric guitar accompaniment that goes with those vocals. Like, I, I can talk about the lyrics a little bit more, but I want to get let you get in here a little bit so I just don't go on and on. Okay. Every time I hear Miscellaneous Owl, I go back and compulsively watch their excellent video for that Wicker Park song by Gentle Brontosaurus. And I know I just mentioned that for the last review, but I actually didn't even remember that I had until, you know, we're sitting down here. I'm like, oh, that's in these notes too, because I wrote them, you know, a week apart or so. 
anyhow, if you haven't seen the video, then go right now to YouTube, uh, turn off this podcast, never come back, type Gentle Brontosaurus Wicker Park into the YouTube search field and just prepare to be delighted. But listen to this miscellaneous owl song and vote for it too. Uh, it's got all the charm of like, you know, we are going to be friends by the White Stripes. Having said that, terrible recording quality. Uh, similar lyrical content to Lichen Throat, I think. This song is just lovely. Yeah, I thought it was great. I yeah. loved it. Like, so the, the lyrics are about the struggles of a young woman who can't really be comfortable in her own skin because men are fucking terrible and all the things that they say to them and their, you know, ever-present leering gazes and such. But it's not super explicit about it. Like, it's all there if you listen carefully, but the casual listener might not pick it up right away, which I think is cool. It's nice when, you know, it sort of sinks in after a while what the song's about and they're not really beating you over the head with it. Sort of the same subject as Lycan Throat, only... Maybe a lighter touch or yeah. not, not as you know, direct. I yeah. Uh, I, I, would, I got, I got both. So, yeah. I would turn up the backing vocals a little bit during the bridge because they're great. They're just a little yeah. quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even mind that it ends abruptly, which is kind of a lo-fi thing. Like, you know, those Daniel Johnson songs where it's just a clunk where the tape recorder cuts off. He wasn't doing that for style. No. He was not doing <laughs> that on purpose. It became style though. <laughs> Yeah, these people don't have an excuse, all right? <laughs> well, as far as I know, if, if you're on all on Haldol or something, then I apologize. But uh, And I wouldn't be surprised. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, so uh, one good thing is that this song is going on my playlist. Good. Yeah, well worth it, too. Yeah. OG Lawn Darts. If I wanted to change, I'd have to be that little boy. I'd be surrounded in snow. I couldn't possibly have known And oh, I don't know if I can walk steady anymore No, I don't know if I can walk steady anymore So you can show me to the door Cause I can't fight it anymore you Holy crap, a four-minute song from Small Town Mike Oh, and it's uh, from or from a small town. It's project. fucking great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I wish all of his. I, I don't see any reason for that song to even stop at four minutes. I think it was great. Yeah, oh yeah, I, and those kinds of reggae tunes can just keep going. You know where they rock the echo selector or whatever, and there's just you know all these interludes with these echoey you know delay settings and stuff. It's just yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, really co-opting that style really well yeah i don't know if you knew me in the late 90s or early aughts where like sublime was my favorite band in the world and you don't have to admit that kind of stuff (laughs) and i started listening to like a lot of reggae and dub music which fit well with my lifestyle of not having a job and smoking large quantities of pot every day (laughs) let's just say that i do not have a genre bias against this song I like yeah. reggae, and I think the song is fantastic. And it's like the best thing I've heard Small Town Mike do since Super Creepy, which is the last time that Gert appeared on Songfight. Yeah. I also had an embarrassing, sublime phase. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm I, glad I, I'm not I the, the only g- one. I have the good sense to be embarrassed by it, and I would have, wouldn't have brought it up even. It would have stayed <laughs> hidden. Uh, but but no, uh, uh, yeah, I, it's this is just a, a, a great take. It's a good one. 
Cool. And, like, the groove is great, and Mike's voice is really good, and the chorus just feels great. Like, I haven't smoked any weed in a couple years now, but I feel like I could have gotten a contact high from this song. <laughs> I mean, I like the extended, like, section where he's going, you know, <laughs> he's got those ooh, ooh, ooh vocals yes. that he likes to do. Um, yes. But, like, there's that, the space echo effect is on there, and it just, like, it just sounds so right on. They got that styled down. This one is going on my playlist as well. Yeah, I voted for this song. I thought it was really good. Cool. It's one of the three. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, we've gotten past two of the three at least. Yeah, two of my three as well. Uh, And, you know, the third one is coming up. It's right here. It's Paco Del Stinko. Admire Paco's lungs on the song. He can really belt out some of those operatic notes and lean on that vibrato for extra effect. Uh, so I found his singing impressive, and like I dig the drama on this piece. It reminds me of some of the more theatrical Tom Waits songs, like F. Tom Waits's Foreign Affairs album that I really like. And you know, I'm glad to hear Paco reach out of his comfort zone and try something out of the box. And the mood is really good, and the lyrics kind of point to this sort of descent into madness. But what makes this not as compelling as those Tom Waits songs I love is that just the vagueness of the lyrics and the lack of a narrative arc. I, I think when you don't, when your song doesn't have a real hook and there's lots of drama, you need to make up for it with some superb storytelling or vivid imagery and this song just didn't have a lot of that. Yeah. You compare this song to Tom Waits. You're not going to like who I compare it to. Okay, go ahead. Let's get to it. The slow, ponderous track in his concept album was, was the thing that I put there. It's like that track that you don't remember from Pink Floyd's The Wall because it isn't another brick in the wall and it isn't comfortably numb. (laughs) You know, it's like one of these sort of interstitial bits where he's, you know, he's crooning and being emotive but yeah it's a good song it's got good production it's good choices but maybe not the most compelling uh, listenable piece on Paco Del Stinko's concept album I liked it it was fine it was not my favorite Paco Del Stinko song it was not one of my favorites of this fight so yeah I, I, I recognize it's good and um, it didn't uh, didn't go on my playlist let me put it that way yeah uh, let's see next up we've got Pig Farmer Jr. Somehow, 
Somehow, I have no issues hearing pig farmers phrasing issues, but yet you still need to tell me that you cringe at some of my terrible phrasing errors, and for the love of God, can I please fix them in the next take or two? And, yes. um... Yes. 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 Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I... I it's I, weird. Like, you don't know it when you're doing it. Like, when you yeah. hear somebody else do it, yeah, it's that's a phrasing problem. You really shouldn't stretch the word four to two syllables. It's just like four or just sounds awkward. But, mm -hmm. like, you know, when I do it, I can't hear it. And I yeah. think I think everything I sing sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, you're, you're almost right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, everything about that sentence was correct except the last word. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, no. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I think part of it is that you know you you get something in your head, and the first thing that you get into your head that sounds doable kind of ingrains it in there. So it's like you know if you have potentially bad phrasing, but you're used to it already, then. Uh, somebody else pointing it out to you doesn't maybe doesn't ring as true as it would to the casual observer or listener. Yeah. But you know, after it's funny, like on silent advance, there was a bad phrasing issue that I had in the chorus. And you know, as soon as we fixed it, I like, I loved it. It was just so much better. And I can't imagine that I liked it the other way before. So yeah. Well, live and learn. But yeah, so you had some of those problems with pig farmer. Yeah. And you know, also this isn't his strongest vocal performance. Like, there are some bum notes here and there, but I still like this song, both melodically and stylistically. Pig Farmer's starting to settle into this Americana, acoustic guitar-driven rock thing, and I like it, generally. And it's oddly, I think the pre-chorus is my favorite uh, part of the song, where the, there's this line, um, I need you here to be my wall, to hold me up so I don't fall. Just the melody and the chord progression of that pre-chorus just sets up the chorus really nicely. And that was the thing that I was impressed most with from the song. But, you know, there's a sloppy ending in the song, too, and I feel like he may have been rushed a bit. I, there's There's some good stuff in here, but this is not his strongest effort. Yeah. The first thing that hit me, though, was was how beautiful that guitar sounds. Oh, yeah. You know, that it's so nice. The two guitar tracks, or more, who knows, it might be more, but the guitar tracks are just, just beautiful sounding. They sound fantastic. The, the song, I, I, w I was fine with it. I thought it maybe had some vocal pitch problems, and maybe some individual notes on the melody are not the notes that I would have picked, but it's a nice, uh, melancholy song. I thought it was a little hit and miss, but much stronger on the hit side. You know, I, th I think there's a lot of good stuff in this song. You know, I, I, I this was uh, one of his better pieces, I thought. So I was I was happy with it. Yeah, he could have just handed the project to us and we would have just pitch corrected the shit out of it. Maybe changed <laughs> a few notes here or there. Yeah, I would have put uh, a clav. Yeah, on definitely. It, and a we'd clav. get uh, arpeggiator. We'd put uh, uh, Beach Boys backing vocals on it. You know, we, we can say this <laughs> not just about his songs, but every song ever. Too, so. We can just jerkatorium the shit out of these songs. Yeah, yeah, man. Just, just you wait. We're gonna do it too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Next, we've got Third Cat. Walk, walk steady in the changing times. Something's coming. They will blow your mind Keep your eyes clear 
and your feet between the lines. Is there a genre of music that is acoustic psychedelic? I don't know. It's that's kind I, of sounds like what he's got here. Yeah, the the first thing that hit me was that odd vocal effect on the lead vocal. Like there's this high pitched thing that's going on while the lead vocal is going along too. So, and I th- I, he might have used it in previous songs. I, you know, I'm kind of like having a flashback to other comments uh, about similar stuff. Like we couldn't tell whether or not one of his songs had a, a higher pitched backing vocalist or if it was just some effect. But this time I think it's definitely an effect. Yeah, and I think there's some some sort of gentle distortion on the lead vocal as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, this one also had a really great feedback loop. Yeah, it, it on was, the word fine, right? Yeah, it really got my attention. Mine you know, it's too. Like, we noticed the same thing about Third Cat songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's like something starting to fall off a table and then they catch it. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like you're you're a little thinking like, oh, that that's going to get out of hand really quick. And then they turn it down. Yeah, the, and yeah. yeah, it's a neat effect. What I noticed is that the word fine, like at the end of the first chorus, gets run through a delay, right? And it delays and it feeds back a little bit, and then it turns into a sustained electric guitar note at the same pitch. And yeah. I thought that was a cool transition. Um, yeah. Third Cat's voice sounds pretty great here, too. I think that effect works for him. And then, you know, at the very end of the song, of the final chorus, the word fine also does that echo trick over again, but it turns into sort of um, another ethereal sort of sound at the end, which I thought was a cool to return to that. Yeah. I thought uh, this had a really good chord progression, and um, the song overall has a bit of a lullaby feel, I thought. I, I just like it a lot, and uh, and this, is, this was the third one I voted for. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, um, it's interesting that one of the reasons that made me think psychedelic is that the middle bridge part is pretty trippy. It's like got lines about, you know, frogs and sewers and mustard. <laughs> and the emeralds. The and the stro- emeralds. Frogs stole our emeralds or something like that. <laughs> it was yeah, cool. It was, really it was cool. trippy. I like that. I like that, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I like this song, but I don't know how many times I sort of go back to it. It's like, so it, it escaped being on my playlist, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. That was solid. So yeah. All right, you want to start with the bomb Borton? Right out of the city and into the wasteland to live off my wits and trade contraband. I will walk steady. I will walk steady. Though the ground shakes under my feet. Sure, I actually don't have much to say about it. It's uh, it's a good song. Uh, it's got this oom pa pa post-apocalyptic charm. The lyrics are not humorous, which is a surprise given the lighthearted tune. First couple of times I listened to it, for some reason I thought it was about somebody who was drunk and stumbling home or something like that. Then actually I sat down and really paid more attention to the lyrics and I realized it's uh, some kind of post-apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. And, uh, Good song, not one of my favorite by Vom, but yeah, it's a good, good solid, papa three four sort of a thing. So he's he's doing something different, and it's interesting. 
again though you, you already know I didn't vote for it because I already told you which three <laughs> right you know after complaining about Heine's sort of monosyllabic pat rhymes I started looking a little bit more carefully at other people's rhymes and I noticed that you know I may have singled out him unfairly because there's a lot of songs that have single syllable you know tight rhymes you can look at our lyrics list. <laughs> and there are single-syllable tight rhymes, yeah. yeah. But Vom broke out of that pattern. Like, he had falling and appalling, wasteland and contraband, crumbled, tumbled, mumbled, and, of course, prison and cannibalism. So, yeah. Vom yeah. is better than us. Well, I think we knew that. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, I found some of the percussive elements in the song, like the ever-present sound of what I assume is a heavy Muppet tap dancing. I found that to be a little bit annoying. I like the varied brass, and there's, I think, an omnichord in there, which I liked. But I, I don't. ultimately, I don't want to listen to this a bunch more times. Yeah, yeah. I, I was glad to have listened to it. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was neat for what it was. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. I'm not. I I didn't dislike it, but uh, what can I say? I didn't vote for it either. Yeah, you're a bad Von Vorten fan. Yeah, I know, aren't I? He was just on too. Oh well. <laughs> he still likes uh, us. Okay. Next, finally, the last song, we have Wub featuring Tom Digger. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think of this. It's two chords. It's a um, loop. Yeah, yeah. There's some light muted guitar. And there's muffled, unintelligible lyrics. I, yeah, I don't know, man. What yeah. Can you say? Well, another thing is that this loop was chopped badly, and it starts abruptly and out of nowhere. And um, I think it also starts at a bad zero crossing because it just it's kind of it pops when it starts, and I don't know. It's uh, the distorted one-word vocals are somewhat interesting, but. You know, there's not enough variation in the song for to really get my interest. And I was happy when it was over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. That's it. Do we have stuff to talk about? There's a end of podcast yammering. Uh, let's see. Do you want to talk about the special guest we've got for the Silent Advance podcast that we're going to be doing? I'm glad you asked because no, I don't. Oh, well, let's not talk about it then. <laughs> We don't want to, I don't want to give spoilers, especially since, you know, half, half the time we schedule somebody, it doesn't work out yeah. uh, for one reason or another. So if Jay-Z can, oh, damn it, I said it. Damn it. We do have sort of a, a glut of people who are interested, and it's mostly just an issue of uh, scheduling. Yeah. You know, so uh, we've got, I mean, right off the top of my head, we've got, we've got actually a zillion people who've agreed to come on again. There's two people off the top of my head who we haven't had yet who want to or have expressed interest in it anyway. Uh, three, now that I think more about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. We just got to schedule and follow through. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, shout outs? Shout outs. I'd like to shout out to Brian. Thanks for helping to create Trigatorium. Shout out to Alice. Uh, oh, I, for the cover art for Silent Advance. Did you see that? 
I did, and I'm really hoping that that gets it because it's it's really it, it's such a great take on the guitar and the trumpet guys. Yeah, yeah. I always it's love like, it when they incorporate the guitar and trumpet guys. It's, yeah, but this is like part of a narrative. It's like the pre. It's like before that scene. This is what <laughs> exactly. <laughs> trumpet guy awesome. sneaking up on guitar guy. <laughs> yeah, awesome, that awesome. bastard. He deserves getting whacked with a guitar. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well. Yeah always done okay um but let's see uh who else i'd like to shout out to my husband andre thank you for all the love and support and the patience and uh, patience is real yeah yeah shout out to the fight master uh lunkhead for all of his efforts Uh, what about you uh i would like to shout out to deep throat who picked a title that i initially didn't like but came to really like yeah silent advance i I, you know I i was like could you pick just two random words? Come on. But then I was like, I don't know. We, we, I really like our song for it. I like the title. I'm happy about it. So good job. As much as I complain about Deep Throat, like, I like this title. Yeah. Well, I think even even two sort of uh, random words, like if you pick any, almost any two random words, then you have to build sort of a story around it to, to put them together. And that can work in people's favor. I mean, you, you have yeah. a scenario kind of built into your song to put your lyrics around. So, you know, those, uh, you know, those synapses are firing and, and uh, you create a uh, narrative, you create uh, sort of a story behind the song and then you just make the song. It's all good. Yeah. So, yeah. I would also like to thank my lovely wife, Sarah, for giving me a lot of space this last weekend when I was, you know, locked in my closet going la, 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 <laughs> and like playing the same guitar riff over and over and over again. Yeah. It's been a while since we came out with a song. So, yeah. And th- this podcast is uh, is just advertisement for yeah. that. So give us your votes. Yeah. Vote for Jerkatorium. You, you yeah. will love it. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, I think I have a clip. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> We're going to make you listen to Silent Advance right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. So, uh, no. All right. So, uh, anything else? That's it. Let's let's wrap. All right. Catch you on the flippy flop. <laughs> <laughs>